0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome, Hi, to Net IP a... Spotlight. Welcome to NetIP Spotlight Live Your Potential, where we invite guest experts every third Monday on important topics and give you direct access to ask questions. I'm your host today, Aditi Ramchandani, Vice President of External Affairs of NetIP North America. Thank you for joining us today. This month, we're featuring guest expert, Jasbina Aluwalia. She will be speaking to us about how to network in any setting. A little bit of background on Suspina. Suspina is an attorney-turned-entrepreneur, happily married, second-generation Indian-American relationship expert. She's a dating coach, matchmaker, and radio show host. She's the CEO and founder of Intersections Match and has received worldwide press, including in Business Week. Chicago Tribune, Entrepreneur Magazine, San Jose Mercury News, live TV, and radio. Welcome to the show, Justina. Uh, Thanks, Abiti. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. We're so happy to have you. So, Justina, I know that nowadays networking has become quite a popular buzzword lately, and people are realizing importance and the power of networking in today's world, Um, but I've definitely noticed that there's no real clear-cut rule per se on how to network, and we're really looking forward to the insights that you have to share with us today. So to get started, I wanted to get an idea of when someone goes to a networking event, um, oftentimes when they meet someone, they want to be able to create a lasting first impression, whether it be in a professional setting or a personal setting. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts on how somebody can create a lasting
1: first impression? Sure. So first and foremost, I mean, you can never go wrong with demonstrating confidence, enthusiasm, and genuine interest in another person. So um, keeping that as a backdrop in terms of specifics, Um, You know, keep in mind the basics, such as body posture. Interestingly, the brain tends to pick up as many signals subconsciously in a split second to help a person form an opinion of you, a split second, right? So standing up straight with your shoulders back, that's one of those signals, signaling confidence. Um, You know, be an active listener. So what does active listening mean? Well, you know, to begin with, concentrating on what the speaker is saying, and trying your best to make the speaker feel like you know he or she is the only other person in the room, you know, not looking around, not seeing who else is there, but really focusing on that person. You also also help us to listen for emotion to understand the entire message being conveyed, right? To get those meta signals, you know, maintaining eye contact so the speaker knows you know that he or she has your attention is really important. And just really making it your foremost goal when you're listening to someone to show understanding of what that speaker, you know, truly means and is truly trying to stay there. Another way that you can make a lasting first impression is to go ahead and design a telling and clear elevator pitch about what it is that you do and deliver it with, again, confidence. Confidence is huge. Um, so demonstrating that you believe in yourself helps others, the others that you're meeting you while you're networking, to believe in you also. And uh, one last thing is to, uh, another way to make a great first impression is, um, you know, I heard Speaker Joel Osteen say this. Um, actually, I read, I didn't hear him. I read him um, as if he had said this. I think it's a great suggestion. And that is to treat everyone you meet as if, um, as if they're the gatekeepers to your destiny. So what, you know, in other words, keep in mind that anyone and everyone you meet um, has the potential to uh, to help you get to where you want to be and, you know, actively consider along those same lines, actively consider how you can help uh, be the gatekeeper for someone else as well. So um, those things, you know, make an incredible first impression.
0: Wow, I really like that last one. That one is really powerful. Allowing yourself or imagining the other person to be the gatekeeper to your destiny. I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, I think that... Uh, that will definitely allow people to be very open-minded when meeting different people. I think it's it's very easy to maybe dismiss one or two people here and there, but I know, I know for me it's definitely happened before where I didn't expect to really connect with someone, but I just happened to and then ended up being a very powerful relationship later on down the line. So that's really, really a, sure. a great point for that. And how about when there are senior executives in the room? I know many people tend to be intimidated sometimes. They may not know how to approach a senior executive. They may not know what to say or how to even carry the conversation. I think um, definitely the points you just made about lasting, making a lasting first impression could also be used in, um, when speaking to senior executives. But to take it another level, do you have a different type of approach when it comes to networking with senior executives, how to approach them, maybe what to say, uh, any suggestions there?
1: Sure, absolutely. And I think you're spot on with respect to everything that we just discussed and the lasting first impression will go a long way with the senior executives as well. You know, in addition, um, when we're talking about senior ex- executives, I say be prepared. So what do I mean by that? So you know, before attending an event, it's worth Googling those executives who you anticipate are gonna be in attendance and whom you would most like to meet, right? So identify those couple of individuals and, and go ahead and Google them. Find out such things as, you know, the schools they went to, the causes they support, you know, even whether they have kids or not if that's available. So doing this is going to do two things. One, it's going to remind you that, you know, the senior executive, these are people too, right? Um, And, you know, so and also when you meet, it's going to allow you to ask questions about things they care about, right? Be it their causes or kids. You know, another important thing to keep in mind is, you know, as you mentioned, approaching a senior executive, um, you know, keep in mind that senior executives tend to be extremely selective with their time, okay? And there are those who are only going to speak with people who may already know or who are recommended to them, okay? So if you can seek a warm introduction, that is always helpful. And by warm introduction, what I mean is, you know, try to find someone who you know, who also knows the executive and can introduce you to the executive. That will likely be, you know, well-received. Another thing is once the two of you are introduced, so let's say you do identify that person who can give you that warm introduction and you're, you know, engaged with the uh, senior executive. So senior executives generally are going to ask you questions to learn, you know, what, about what you think, where you're, where you're headed, and, you know, being able to confidently respond to these questions can be, can be really important. So I would actually consider these conversations like ad hoc interviews really, and be, you know, be on the ball in terms of them. And then I'm going to end with one more because I find that I believe sometimes people put too much pressure on the situation, right? They're um, thinking that once they have, you know, once they actually finally have that senior executive's attention, they need to kind of get everything out. They need to say everything they have to say in that very first encounter, uh, so generally speaking, it's, it's more effective to recognize that, you know, somebody's getting a good first impression and figuring out how to continue that conversation in the future, that, that is the most effective goal of the first encounter, not feeling like you need everything needs to, you know, be laid out because um, you may not get that opportunity again. So uh, keeping those things in mind, you know, be well-serving uh, when you're networking with a senior executive set. Yeah,
0: wonderful. I actually have an interesting follow-up to the first part of your answer because um, sure. in terms of being prepared, I've noticed that uh, I've spoken to some senior exe- executives before and I feel like sometimes it could go the wrong way um, in terms of how you present it. So I'm curious where the fine line is. For example, um, I feel like I've been told before by a senior executive that it almost seemed uh, per se stalkerish by the way that everything about their lives, and granted, everything's online, sure. but still, I, I can see how it can yeah. go wrong if it's presented the wrong way, so I was curious, what what's the fine line between kind of doing it in a professional, uh, likable approach versus coming off the wrong way?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's a great question, because it can be, like, downright like creepy, right? Like, even think, yeah. you know yourself, you know, if you're talking to someone, if you're on a date or something, you're talking to someone, and they suddenly know everything about you, it's kind of like you take a step back. So here's the thing. I mean, it's like you, balance is a great, you know, the words you use. Um, I keep it sort of like a ping pong, right? So if you go there and you can kind sort of have a monologue about, well, I understand you went to Brown and la, la, la. And, oh, you have two kids and do you want them to go to Brown? And, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's where someone, you know, is kind of like leaning back and, you know, what's up with this person? And, right. you know, kind of feeling a little strange about it. But instead, if you just, something, you know, I so, um, you know, you know, so I just say you know understand, um, and I would actually I think the cause of someone um, someone supports is a great place, especially if there's some nexus with you, right, so let's say that you volunteer for an organization that um that the senior executive happens to support. that's great because then you can talk and it's not all about him or he, she or her. You know, supporting that but it's about you have something to add to that right and you have some right. dimension to add to it and so that would really kick them up so I think that's a great place to start what sort of commonalities you might have and start there as opposed to just kind of a, a monologue of all the research you've done on that right mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's funny how that happens because I've definitely seen that happen before so yeah that's thanks yeah. for clarifying that that would be a good idea to clarify and, um, and, and so after they meet the senior executive, um, I would imagine people would want to maybe foster that relationship, turn it into maybe something a little bit long-term, whether it become like a mentorship or just kind of having that contact there. Do you have advice on kind of what to do after the networking event in terms of how to follow up with the senior executive and kind of fostering that relationship?
1: Sure. You know, as, as I mentioned, you know, recognizing that hopefully that first interaction is not going to be the only interaction. Um, along those lines, um, you know, working to fostering a the relationship is a great idea. And, you know, one thing is consider how you can add value, right, to the executive. So when it comes to investing time, executives often consider, you know, whether you can extend their network or provide valuable content for them, right? So, um, you know, it, 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 it to the extent you can, that would be really helpful. You know, seek to develop like an awareness of the key issues, the interests of the executive, with whom um, you'd like to build a relationship. And again, um, some of that is available via Google, some of it's you know, based of, sort of an insider's perspective. But if you can be a source of insights and information for them, this could be as simple as, you know, you're reading, um, depending on your industry, you're reading The Economist and, you know, you notice something about a uh, particular uh, region of the world that you know um, you know, there are some business interests that are under the purview of this particular senior executive, right? So sending them an article of interest you come across, and you don't have to worry about, well, he's probably or she's probably reads The Economist. She's probably already seen it. It still shows someone that you just, you, know, you you know, remembered and you took notice. And, and that's flattering for anyone. Again, senior executives are yeah. people too, right? They're not different in that sense. Um, you know, be willing to, uh, to have a point of view on something, right? Sometimes people feel they need to kind of be bland and vanilla and not controversial and not. But really, you know, you know, they, you know they tend to respect it. We all do. They tend to respect people who are confident. Again, the word, right, confident is huge. Confident in expressing their, you know, perspective, especially, you know, well-thought-out perspectives, right? So, you know, have, you know, have a perspective. Have it be well-considered and well-thought-out. And, you know, one more thing to keep in mind, and this, I think, is, is, is golden, um, that is the importance of the senior executive assistant, right? So, um, you know, the assistants, these people may very well influence, you know, their, their boss's calendar and how you're received mm-hmm. by the boss, you know, realize some bosses actually give their assistants mutual power over who gets into their calendar, right, and when. Right, so if you you know you don't want to be sort of calendared out months later, and also you know who gets hired, right? So depending on what you know, you know what one's intention is, even getting hired, there are there are, are many executives who give this kind of veto power to their to their assistants. Um, and so keeping that in mind as you interact, not only with the senior executive, but the support personnel that are you know supporting that senior executive can be um, can be really important. That's a great point. I actually never
0: even thought about that. So that's a really good insight. Um, and in terms of sending insights, I think that's really great advice. I've actually tried that before, too, and it's it's really well received. I think that yeah, um, you'd be surprised at how many people don't do that. So I think uh, they definitely get delighted when they get a note from someone like that. And it definitely leaves an impression for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Great. So thank you for all of that about senior executives. Now if we can move on to icebreakers. So do you have any value-adding icebreakers to help people network with ease? For example, uh, people will go to different networking events, whether in a professional setting, personal setting. They may not always know how to approach someone, um, how to kind of strike up a conversation how to carry a conversation, kind of the same idea how we were talking about with senior exec- executives, but now with just general networking, like different types of icebreakers that you may have that we can kind of just keep in our back pocket and pull out whenever we need them.
1: You know, and to be, I want to, you know, build it. So what we just discussed, again, this all building. So everything that i discussed with the six senior executives, you know, would apply just generally networking, right? Um, and then it's, I think just keeping in mind that honing your skills and breaking the ice, You know, it's very valuable. And, you know, so when you're perceived to be skillful in in your ability to break the ice, right, all this, they really, you know, they anticipate that you can be skillful in relating to clients, customers, colleagues, supervisors, everyone in the ecosystem, which is tremendously helpful, right, in terms of those interpersonal skills. Um, You know, realizing the connection, connection is key to effective networking. So, you know helpful ways to create connection um, include again eye contact again it, it all comes sort of full circle here eye contact smiling you know leaning forward when you're talking to someone maintaining a good attitude uh, another way to is to you know ask another way to connect really is to ask questions um, about um, to learn about what someone is passionate about right and it doesn't have to be work per se, it doesn't have to be sort of the topic that you might expect. In fact, it's a lot, it's better when you're not, you don't want to be the tense handshake and conversation on the exact same thing anyways. Um,
2: right. If right. you
1: don't, you know, and here's another thing, and you know, I'm going to end with, if you don't, um, you know, if you don't know someone at an, anyone really at a networking event, right? You walk into a room of a networking event and you're looking around and you're like, wow, <laughs> I think I know no one. Okay, so some people kind of start to feel self-conscious at that point. Um, so to kind of put that self-consciousness aside, right, and, um, and to, you know, and to attempt to connect to someone, I say identify. Let's look around. Identify someone who's either, you know, kind of standing alone, you know, hanging out where the food is, you know, just looks a little bit out of place as well and kind of looking around without focus. That person probably feels somewhat similar to what you do. Can you imagine so they impact by initiating a conversation with that person. You know, that person is likely to be great, likely to bond. Who knows who that person is? Who knows who's going to see the two of you engaged and kind of have courage to step up and join that? You know, so it just right. be, be really good energy. So that's one thing again for those times when you might feel like, wow, there's no one I know that I'm going to immediately gravitate towards. Um, find someone instead and kind of make their day and make it, you know, know—it's—it well, again, pay dividends and the whole gatekeeper of your destiny. You never know. That person could actually be that. So, um, right. yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: that's a really good idea, too. And I, I'm just laughing because I, I've totally been in that situation just even recently. Like as many networking events I've been to, I don't know if it ever really gets easier, but you just kind of, have to push through and pull these tools out like when you get there and I've definitely been in that situation where I walked into a room I knew nobody and I got self-conscious for a second and I had to kind of stop myself and be like okay you've done this before you got this it's not a big deal um and I actually at that point I didn't see anyone who was by themselves so I did see two people talking who did who were kind of engaged so I kind of just went in and I was like, hey, do you mind if I join the conversation? And I've noticed when I do that, people are usually very open to that. Um, as intimidating sure. as it seems to do it, uh, after I've done it, I feel like it's it's not a big deal at all. So I, I know exactly oh, what you're I talking think about. That's great.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And, and that's great. I and mean, I mean, if you do that with confidence, right, it's appealing. And people are like, yeah, you know, come on in. So I think that's great. Um, great. Awesome. So do you have anything else you'd like
0: to add, any final thoughts, any last things about networking or in general, perhaps how people can contact you as well?
1: Sure. So, I mean, you know, I pretty stand with everything I said. You know, you saw a lot of um, things are repeated in terms of connection, in terms of confidence. I think mean, let's keep it those two seats, connection and confidence. It will take you a long way in terms of, um, in terms of networking and personally and professionally and um, so, no, I mean, uh, in terms of if anyone wants to connect with me, you can um, find me through our website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com, and, you know, you can drop me a note, um, go to, you know, contact us and drop me a note, and uh, that would be the best way. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So now what we're going
0: to do is we're going to open up the line for questions. If you'd like to ask Bina a question about anything we discussed today or anything you're curious about, would like her advice on, please go ahead and dial 1 and have your question ready, and we're going to get you queued up right now.
1: Hi, this is Jospina, and this is 201. You're on the air.
2: Awesome, Jasmina,
1: thanks so much for your responses, and I think those were great questions. Uh, Jasmina, you mentioned um, that that it's great to stay in touch uh, with senior executives after your initial meeting, but the question I have is, what if you don't hear back? Uh, Should you continue uh, staying in touch with them? Uh, And if yes, how often should you be persistent? Yeah, so there's no – it's a great question. Um, There's kind of no bright-line rule there um, in terms of how – I would say persistence is is worth it. You know, people are busy, and to, uh, not to take it personally if you don't hear back and not to assume there's a lack of interest, but just to realize that, you know, the person just may not have gotten around to it. And I would expect that a senior executive is probably not expecting that he, that he or she would get back to someone, but we'd expect that someone would, would attempt again. So I think um, persistence is important in that sense. And, of course, in terms of the balance we talked about before, you don't want to be kind of leaving incessant messages or, or that either. And I would say that the assistant could be very helpful in that regard as well. If you develop a rapport with the assistant, you can actually get a sense of, of you, you know, he or she may even, you know, let you know, you know, this person is traveling and, when they're traveling. The kind of insider perspective of, you know, when they're traveling, they, they completely, you know, um, don't deal with anything happening, at the, you know, at the headquarters or, or what have you. So I would say two things. One, be persistent. Um, two, develop a relationship with the assistants as well. And that could uh, really help you in terms of fine tuning how you want to engage. Thank you. That's very helpful. Sure. Let's see. All right. And um, 847, we have you on the line. This is Justina. Welcome. Hi,
2: Justina. Um, I had a question that's more of a kind of uh, intersections question uh, in terms of professional networking and uh, personal networking and, you know, more of a cultural aspect. But have you noticed for South Asians, whether they're South Asian Americans or South Asians that were raised in South Asia and came to North America, any... Um, sorts of advantages or disadvantages in the networking arena? And if so, how have you advise them to either uh, encourage the advantages or overcome the disadvantages?
1: So that's interesting. So I encourage um, it's about, I encourage people to have an open-minded and, incident. There is, you know, if, if we're talking about maybe biases or prejudices or preconceived notions of, who a South Asian is or what kind of person they are, I would say, um, you know, sort of try to kind of be almost like Teflon with that and be who you are. Don't feel like you need to be boxed in in terms of anyone else's perceptions of what being South Asian should mean or how, how you should conduct yourself. But conduct yourself as you, you, know, you are comfortable doing, as, as you feel is sort of your A game. And leave aside sort of what preconceived notions others may have about that. Is that yeah? You know, does that resonate? Is that
2: Yeah, no, thank you. I was also just wondering in okay. terms of, you know, oftentimes as foundations and this is probably across other cultures as well, we're not really okay. taught. How does that work? So no, that definitely oh. um, yeah, that, that word okay. what you said makes a lot of sense. But also maybe in terms of um in the advice you've given is great, but other resources to learn those
1: techniques and become more comfortable with them? Oh, sure. Okay. So I think that, like, mentors within your organization and even professional groups, right, depending on the industry, there are tons of professional groups where one can join and, you know, look to words like, you know, the senior leaders, mentors within. There are a lot of mentorship programs within professional organizations as a source. You know, mentors within your own organization, um, um, I would say those are, you know, come topmost of mind in terms of how to learn those skills. A lot of what we discussed, I think, would serve you a long way as well. And so anything one can do to hone that um, in terms of the elevator, let's just even pick something concrete, the elevator pitch, right? Um, one can practice that. One can practice it with colleagues, with mentors, um, to really hone in on something like that. Um, so, you know, to some extent, it's just practice. And um, just, you know, putting yourself in that environment and over time kind of honing those interpersonal skills as well as, you know, harder skills in terms of the, um, you know, less soft skills, but harder skills in terms of, like, just developing an effective, you know, um, elevator pitch and that kind of thing. Thank you. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, you know, it looks, like we have hit all the questions so I'm going to turn it back to Levy please. Great. Thank you Justina so much and thank you for
0: all the people who have asked questions today. Justina I think we all got a lot of value out of all your insights today so thank you again.
1: Oh it's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Great.
0: And for everyone else, don't forget to join us this Labor Day weekend for the 23rd Annual NetIP North America Conference. We'll have a number of guest speakers speaking on a variety of topics, ranging from nonprofits to entrepreneurship, networking. Tickets are available for purchase now. Please see our website for details. Until next time, have a good night.